0: If I only had more time as an entrepreneur, I think I think that almost every single week, but the truth is there's almost always more time available in our schedule. We just need to find it and more time can give us more income, uh, more health or the ability to prioritize things outside of work. So you're about to hear six ways entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every single week. This 20 minute conversation could theoretically give you 520 additional hours over the next 12 months. That's an additional 65 eight hour days. What could you do with that additional time? Or we can stay stuck in our current grind. Personally, I'll take the extra 65 days a year. So let's jump into it.
1: There's no wrong way to be an entrepreneur and that's the dirty little secret the business gurus don't want you to know. They want you to do things their way, but their way may not be your way. The key to success is finding the strategies that work best for you. Welcome to The Six Ways with Jerry
0: Potter. Welcome to episode number 26 of The Six Ways, where each week we bring on a smart, innovative guest that is thriving in their field of expertise to share their best tips with the rest of us so we can all thrive in our entrepreneurial goals, because I truly believe we all do better when we all do better. My name is Jerry Potter. Yes, it rhymes with the boy wizard. And I'm an entrepreneur as well as the founder of an efficiency-based company called 5-Minute Social Media. My guest today is Jenna Pache. Jenna is a time management coach, and uh, Jenna welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jerry. I'm excited to be here.
0: So as a time management coach, I have to ask, have you always been efficient with your time or was it something you had to work on? Because I know people go both ways. For some people, it's just natural.
1: Oh my gosh, no. This is truly one of those cases where though you teach best those lessons that you had to learn hard yourself, and I feel like every time I teach and train them, they get reinforced for me.
0: Ah, okay. So there was a time where you were a flawed human like the rest of us is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) I think just human, maybe not flawed, but yes, I was a, a corporate marketing executive for 20 years and my specialty really became operational efficiency and productivity. So as I was trying to make our teams more efficient, I really learned a lot more about how to make myself more efficient. And I think like a lot of others, you don't know how much time you don't have until you enter kids into the equation and then yeah. you're like what did i do with all that free time before when i didn't have kids so i also had the trial by fire of there of you know balancing that work and and parent life and i think that was really another way that kind of forced me into this world
0: yeah i would never recommend having kids as a time management hack but my kids <laughs> no. have absolutely forced me to even more efficient and i think every parent has you know when you become a parent you're like how did I think I was busy before? Like this is right. unreal. <laughs> that <laughs> that I've like, oh, had no ever. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to share six ways entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every single week. Jenna brought three and I brought three. Also our question of the week from Elisa, any tips on using AI to get more time back? So we'll also cover that. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode for that part. All right. Six ways entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every single week jenna you're up first what do you got
1: yeah so step one for me is to swap that overwhelming to-do list for the daily big three so i was reading a research study that said something like 60 percent of people in a working environment have 70 or more tasks on their weekly to-do list mm-hmm. and 15 of them had over hundred right and it's amazing to me how much we think we can get done in that space of time without you know, life happening, things come up. So rather than staring at this list that is just overwhelming, right? Every time you cross something off, there's still dozens and dozens of things staring back. I recommend swapping that for the daily big three. So the daily big three is this idea that you make a list of three and only three things that you need to accomplish in the day. And the idea here is that these should be the big, important, timely things that you know either the world's going to burn down if you don't get it done, or they're the next step in moving your personal and professional goals forward. You may not have something every day that's going to move a professional goal forward because You might have to check out at three o'clock to get to a kid's soccer game, or maybe it's strategic planning day and your goal is to just make it through the day and get home in time for dinner, right? But all of these things are either important or timely to you. And those are the sorts of things to focus on. When we focus on this really overwhelming list, we can get to the end of the day and not feel accomplished. But when you start with a list of three really important things and you actually get them done, You can end the day feeling like you've conquered the world, Mm -hmm. and then that carries into the next day and the next day, and your mindset is so much more positive, and you'll find a positive ripple effect. Then, as you move through the weeks,
0: one of the great tips that I heard, uh, and I think this came from Tim Ferriss, who wrote the Four Hour Work Week, was he spends most of his time thinking rather than doing, because what he's trying to do is figure out what is the one thing I can do that makes all the other things on my to do list either like solve themselves or irrelevant at that point. And it's now, if you're an overthinker like me, it can be hard because you could spend all day trying to make that decision. But I think we do have so many things. And I think sometimes if we look at our past, we can look at things like, oh, I spent all this time on that. But if I had done this instead, it would have like, that wasn't even necessary, for example. And so... That is, uh, that's, I think, a really great tip as well. And that, like you said, I love what you said about the momentum that you get if you actually get your three things done. And if you get your three things done, do another one. But right. digital organization is probably, as much as it's been helpful for time management, it's probably also been the biggest enemy because the size of our you know, digital calendar or digital to-do list is essentially infinite. And we still only have the same number of hours in the day. So where does the number three come from? You just feel like that's the enough? Yeah,
1: research says that that we can't focus on more than three things at one time. Uh, So it's really the focusing of the brain. And actually, the constraint makes us more productive. Uh, You know, we've all been sold this lie that Everything on the task list is created equal, and at least it looks that way. But mm. the big three really helps you be like, not all these things are created equal, right? Buying stamps and, stamps and picking up dog food doesn't carry the same weight as like finishing a business proposal or getting out that job description for a new employee. So circling back, it's really the constraint that helps you get more done mm. and the focus.
0: Yeah, I like I love that you said that because it is at that point. If you look at the list and you say I'm only gonna get three things done, then you have to choose the ones that are the highest priority, which is Absolutely. great. So okay. Next up, number two, six ways entrepreneurs can get back ten hours every single week. And Number two is to batch your tasks. So this is something that I discovered with my YouTube channel, Five Minute Social Media, where it's, you know, we've grown to, I think, almost 150,000 subscribers. It is the basis. It's the only reason I have a business. But when I started it, I was working full-time. My wife worked evenings. I had two kids under five. And the only way I was able to do this was to batch. And so with my YouTube videos, I would pick a time during you know, the week where I would sit down and I would decide what my next batch of videos were gonna be and do the titles. Then another time I would script them out or write bullet points. And then another time I would record and I would record 12 to 15 videos in a single setting. Because if we think about all the time that goes into some of these tasks, um, you know, with video, it's getting camera ready, setting up equipment, things like that. But even the mental, you know, I don't know if Jenna, you've seen the, the data on how much time it costs us when we switch tasks. Uh, I've, Mm -hmm. I've failed at trying to show my kids what, what it is, but I think they say something like just by switching tasks, it takes you 23 minutes to like get started again or, or take a break. And so if you can batch your tasks, now I do it with the podcast. I try and do it with so many different things because long-term you will get much more done. Imagine if you only created content one day a month. Uh, sorry, one day for three months, for example, with the case of my YouTube channel, rather than trying to every week, okay, I got to write today and record tomorrow and, you know, all of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I've leveraged this strategy, too, and just helping me take the emotional baggage off of all the things that I have to get done, right? So when I think of batching, I actually schedule it on my calendar of when I'm going to do that thing. And then I don't have that nagging task. Oh, I need to write that social media content, right? I have it scheduled. I know it's coming so I can forget about it. And that is really helpful too, because the emotional weight that we carry with all of these things we need to do can get really heavy.
0: I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, because the things that we stress about will constantly be stressing us. But if you already have a designated time, then like you said, it's permission to not worry about it. You just have to do it when it does come up on your calendar.
1: Right, exactly. You have to honor it then.
0: Yeah. All right. Next up, number three, six ways that entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every week. What do you got, Jenna?
1: Yeah. The third way is to control your distractions. We get distracted something like 350 times a day just by our phones that's once Mm -hmm. like every five minutes and when you think about trying to do the deep work the stuff where you need to be really strategic it's hard to think that you're going to get anything meaningful out of five minute chunks right we're only getting a piece here and a piece here and a piece here so instead i recommend what can you do to shut all of that off and really get into your deep work so step one in trying to control your distractions is just for a day or two take notice of what is actually distracting you right? Is it your phone notifications, text messages coming in? Are you keeping your email up when you're trying to do work? Are there people walking into your office or is your dog whining at the door if you work from home to go outside, right? What is actually pulling you away? And then you can start thinking about what was the mindset I was in before I allowed myself to get distracted. So this is really helpful when you think about your phone being your distractor, Right. So many of us will be like, oh, this work that I'm getting ready to do is really hard. Or you put five minutes into it and you know it's going to take a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So it feels so much easier to get the dopamine hit by picking up my phone, right? And looking at those texts that came in. So just identifying the feelings before you get distracted can be really helpful. Then to help you do the third step, which is put in place preventative measures so you don't get distracted by that thing again. You know, if it's your phone, what hour? during the day, can you black out and put on do not disturb or airplane mode, right? So those notifications are quieted and you can focus. Do you need to put a sign on your door that says deep work, check back at X time. Mm. But these preventative measures can really help you protect that time. And what's great about this then is that it prevents you from taking work home or doing email into all hours of the night, because when you get your deep work done, it feels like you can shut off work better because you don't have, again, those nagging tasks of the real work didn't get done today.
0: This is one of those things, too, where tech is your enemy, but it also can be your best friend. And, you know, if anyone is not taking the time to explore the settings on your smartphone, you can customize your notifications so far where it's like what pops up and makes a noise versus what pops up and doesn't make a noise versus what doesn't pop up at all. And so, take the time to go in and shut down everything that you don't need. And and if you have a smart watch too, where that echoes to your watch or it mirrors to your computer, you know, there's so many places now. And so the way I've done mine that has been so effective is essentially text messages and phone calls are the only things I'll stop what I'm doing for. And I try not to give out my cell phone to people and even friends. I'll say, just message me on Facebook. I respond faster there anyway. And so that's been a big thing. And so I will put my phone, at least out of arm's reach, if not in the other room. And that way I'll hear it if it's my wife or the kids calling, but other than that, I don't need it. And that has made a massive difference because, oh, we love that dopamine hit, don't we? Right,
1: (laughs) you know, what's so interesting, some of those days, have you ever had one where you forgot your phone in the other room by accident? And then you look up, it's three hours later and you're like, I had the best morning, what happened? Oh, I left my phone in the other room.
0: Oh, no, I've never had that. (laughs) I constantly have that. What do they call it? You know, phantom where it's like, oh, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Right. Right. But but I imagine that's really, really good. But I do find that if I literally just put it out of arm's reach, um, even that can make a a big, big difference. These devices are designed to keep us coming back. And by default, if you say, yeah, allow notifications, it's going to give you the loudest, most obnoxious, you know, show up on the screen, light up your screen, make a ding, Uh, notification. And so shut off all of that as much as you can. The biggest one for me years ago, no emails show up on my home screen, but I just make sure to check my email once a day. And that's made a massive, massive difference. So, all right. Um, Up next, number four, six ways entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every single week. And this one was a recent change I made in my business. And it may have been the greatest productivity hack I've ever implemented. So number four is essentially shorten your work day. Now we talked a little bit about this earlier when Jenna was talking about, you know, limiting the amount of tasks you're gonna accomplish in a day and prioritizing and stuff like that. Um, I did a time audit recently and I found that even though I thought I was working 30-ish hours a week, you know, not working after the kids were home from school, What actually turned out is I was waking up early and I was starting to work and then I would, if the kids were, you know, doing homework and didn't need help, I'd work more later. And then if the kids were off somewhere, I'd work more on the weekends. And, you know, here I was thinking I was not working when I was actually working 50 hours a week or something like that. And so I did a couple of things. One, was I divided what I call my self-development time. And this is when I meet with the mastermind group I'm in, or I um, listen to podcasts or take an online training or anything like that to improve who I am as a human, as an entrepreneur, um, all of those things, separate from my work time, because they were all kind of blending together. And so now I designated my work day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. my local time. And that gives me the freedom before 9 a.m. to do self-development stuff. But then 9 a.m. I work and 3 p.m. I the goal is to be done every day before the kids get home from school. And that alone, I think it's Parkinson's law that the amount of work we you know will expand to the amount of time that we've given to do it. And that has made me more productive in the last couple of months than anything uh, that I've ever done before, because it's kind of like even when I start at nine, it's like, oh, I've only got till three today. Uh, you know, it's already after nine, these are the things that I'm going to get done. And so that has made a massive, massive difference for me. And I don't know if that's feasible for everybody. You know, you obviously work with lots of different kinds of clients, but if you can shorten your workday, I guarantee you'll get more done in that way.
1: Absolutely. I think just defining work hours is a step that a lot of people don't take because they just think I'm just going to work until I get it all done. Well, I, I love this. It's, it's demonstrated no place better than like when you're getting ready to go on vacation. You know, you can get more done in <laughs> workday before you leave than you can like the whole week prior, right? Because you have a deadline. So I totally agree that constraining your time really helps. And even on an international scale, the, I don't remember which Nordic country, Norway, Sweden, one of those did a study where they pulled back to the four day work week mm-hmm. and they're finding that not just is employee engagement and satisfaction going up, but they're getting more done. Productivity is up. Businesses are growing because they're allowing these people fulfillment outside of work too. And to honor that time, they're keeping and getting their work done when they need to.
0: Well, and I'll say it's not just uh, for vacations, but anything. Like recently I traveled for a a speaking engagement at a conference. And not only did I get a ton done before I left because I wanted to be present for the conference, but it also made it really clear, uh, what my priorities were, you know, because it was when you have something where you're like, okay, if I don't get this done this week, it's not going to happen for two weeks. All of a sudden your priorities bump up quite a bit as well. So, all right. Uh, six ways entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every week. We are up to number five, Jenna, what do you got?
1: Yeah. So number five is to prioritize rest. Now I know this one sounds counterintuitive, right? But hear me (laughs) out. So So many of us only get like six, maybe five hours of sleep a night. And the CDC says that the average American really needs seven to nine to make sure that we are getting the full benefit of the psychological and physical repair that our body needs to do overnight. So what does this mean? This means that those mornings after you only get five or six hours of sleep, you wake up kind of feeling like you're in a fog, right? Like maybe you just had a bender with a friend and you woke up and had to go to work anyway. You don't need those, you know, those other things to work on your system. It's the lack of sleep that'll do that. Uh, there was a study done that said that folks who only get six hours of sleep have the cognitive abilities of someone who is legally intoxicated. Ugh. So if you're getting six hours on a regular basis, you're making important business decisions, important life decisions in a fog. And that's not fair to you. That's not what your family deserves. That's not what your employees deserve. So I always recommend prioritizing rest, whatever that looks like for you, right? So there is the actual physical rest, like being in bed, hopefully, for about eight hours. Again, Mm -hmm. that helps your body recover and repair so you can show up with focus for your day or your family or whatever that might be but there's also just time where you take a break in the middle of the day you know if i have back to back to back meetings i'm going to be burnt out Mm. so how can i plan rest into that day is it a walk around the block? do i ask one of my one-on-ones to say go for a walking meeting or you know just tell them i'm going to walk outside while i take this call is it a you know actually going away from your desk to have lunch so you're not staring at your computer screen, right? Maybe it's spiritual rest. Maybe you need to plan a day once a month to unplug completely, or it's just, I'm not gonna use my phone on Sundays and I'm gonna be completely present with my family. But you'd be surprised how much my clients brag about this one because rather than the way we used to be about bragging about how little sleep we could operate on, Mm -hmm. my clients are now saying like, I got eight hours of sleep last night and I woke up the next morning and got that thing done that I thought was going to take two, three hours in 40 minutes. Wow, because your brain is so much clearer with rest.
0: Yeah. That's so great. And I I also loved what you said about, you know, I'm not big on multitasking and we've seen all the studies about how there's no such thing as multitasking. However, I do think there are exceptions. And living here in Arizona in the summertime, I get up and hike at 5 a.m. while it's still a reasonable temperature. But because I work with people in other time zones, sometimes I can talk to somebody on the East Coast where it's 8 a.m. their time and we can have a call while I'm hiking. Um, which works out really well. And so think about how you can take advantage of time zones uh, if you work with people in other time zones. If you're on the East Coast here in North America, it's a little trickier to work with people back West because it's earlier, but it definitely works out well um, on this side of the country, which is nice. So, all right, six ways entrepreneurs can get 10 hours back every week. Uh, Number six here in just a second, then we're gonna get into our question of the week, any tips on using AI to get more time back. But number six is all about email. And this is something I've learned a lot over the last year in my own business. We all know how much email can suck up our time. And I hired somebody to help me manage my inbox. And I recommend that for a couple of reasons. One, you'll be amazed how much time it frees up if somebody else is doing it, plus the mental space of, oh, I got to check my email because you know somebody else is there at least taking care of clients or customers or members, even if it's telling them, you know, Jerry, will get back to you with this by tomorrow or whatever it might be. Um, But the other thing that I found was, as I was imagining paying somebody else to go through my inbox, I realized how much garbage was in there. And I imagine, you know, like the newsletters, you never read the promotional emails that you get and you never look at and you're like, I'm going to pay somebody else to archive these for me or assign them to me later. No way. So two things, one, everything that you get Well, first, unsubscribe ruthlessly from everything that you haven't looked at. If you get a newsletter and you haven't looked at it in a few weeks, you're probably never going to look at it again. So go ahead and unsubscribe as often as you can. I try and unsubscribe some stuff from stuff every week. But the second thing is everything that is that type of thing where there is no danger if you read it in a month versus when you read it now because it is a newsletter, uh, filter that to a different folder called Read Later or something like that. And I'm proud and embarrassed to say that since I started doing this, I almost never go look at that folder and I think, and I don't like having unread emails. I think just in the last few months, there's over 600 emails sitting in that folder and I keep saying, I'm going to go back and read it and I haven't. So I think the next step is just going to be to have my VA to go back and, and have her unsubscribe from all that stuff. Um, really in that folder, you want to keep it lean as well, but it's amazing how fast you can get through your inbox when there's only seven messages in there instead of 40 or 40 messages instead of 100, depending on what you do with your day. But I'm sure that email management is something that you work with your clients on quite a bit too, Jenna.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think even if folks don't have the resources to hire a VA yet, like you did, which I love this idea, I recommend just checking email a couple times a day. So I advocate for a workday startup and a workday shutdown routine. And what that looks like is a a space in the morning 30 minutes where you look at your to-do list, you look at your meetings for the day, and then you make it through whatever notifications you need to. Mm -hmm. Then you check email. Same thing at the end of your day. So you bookend it. And sometimes you need to communicate this to your team, right? I am going to only check email between 8.30 and 9 and 4.30 and 5. So if there's anything else that's important, you need to text me, right? But you'd be surprised how many, uh, People really struggle with this, right? They want to have that email up all the time. What if somebody needs me? They did a, um, a study, it was a, not
0: You're uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not as important consult- as we think we are.
1: No, not to other people anyway. A consulting group did a study uh, where they asked their clients, what is a reasonable time to hear back from us? And they're like, unless the company is burning down, like 24 to 48 business hours is fine. So you can catch that email at the end of the day or the next morning. It doesn't need to be an immediate response. And I think that's what's an adjustment for people.
0: And that's what I did at the agency once I figured this out when I worked at an agency is I told all my clients, I said, here's my personal cell phone number, text me if it's urgent, otherwise email and I'll get back to you within one business day. And two things happened. One, nobody ever texted me because they didn't want to feel like they were infringing on my personal time because it wasn't urgent. And then two, the number of emails that I got went down because I think some clients, Solve problems themselves, Googled things instead of asking me, things like that, because they knew they might have to wait 24 hours for a response or longer over a weekend. So yeah, it it can really make a, a big, big difference. So, all right, let's talk about AI. So um, Alyssa sent in the question of the week: any tips on using AI to get more? time back and this is a industry that is evolving by the hour practically but in regards to AI and time management what have you seen so far Jenna?
1: yeah so I don't play with these tools as much because I really like the human element of diving into calendars and helping people filter based on their values what okay. I have played with first just your general chat GPT or you know whatever you're using uh, I really like when people type in you know what is the ideal week for a real estate agent? right? And then AI can say, oh, maybe you should be spending eight to 10 on prospecting every day, and you should be spending three to five twice a week on networking, right? So the idea of the kinds of business activities that folks should be prioritizing, I think is really interesting for AI, especially for someone who maybe is new in a in a vertical. So that's interesting, I think, at least to plan your activities. I've been playing with Notion. Have you been in there at all, Jerry?
0: No, it's one of those tools everybody raves about. And I've just never taken the time to learn because I'm a ClickUp person. I know they're not identical, but yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and so what I'm doing in Notion is just playing with how can it take my, my task list, get those things on my calendar. Um, but I find that it doesn't replace a human touch. So I'm not quite completely sold on it, but I see a lot of value in it. How about you?
0: So two takes on this. Um, and one of them backs up what you just said. So um, just A couple of weeks ago, I spoke at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, and I think I was one of the only talks that felt like that didn't have AI in the title, because AI is what everybody wants to learn about right now. And so there's a couple of things with AI. Um, First is, what can you, you know, replace that you're doing or enhance or speed up with AI? And the second part is, there are actual some AI calendar tools, which I have tested, which I'll speak to. So the first thing is looking at the AI tools and figuring out how can you speed up your process? And, you know, there's too many industries and too many tools. To figure out any of those uh, or to go into any of those right here, right now. But you might ask other people in your industry or do a quick Google search, see what's out there. But this is the word of caution. And this came from a lot of the people who do full-time AI stuff at the conference as well. There are, seems like 50 new tools a day and they can do all kinds of amazing things. Like there was one where it will translate your videos um, from one language into another, not just the captions, but your voice will speak a different language and then it will actually change the way your mouth moves to match Spanish or Japanese or whatever language you're speaking. Like that's how fast this stuff is moving. However, do I need that? Am I trying to attract you know, clients in Japan right now? I'm not. <laughs> so you know, avoid the shiny objects. But more than that, if it requires adding five different tools to speed up your workflow versus doing everything in one tool like you're doing now, it's probably not faster. And if you're burdening your team to learn a tool that may not be relevant in a few months, again, that's going to be less productive. So that's the first thing is only look for things that you truly believe will make your job faster. Um, So that's AI tools overall in terms of what can you speed up with, you know, your current workflow. The other part of this is the specific like AI calendar tools. And I used one called reclaim.ai. And what it does is it automatically populates your calendar based on what priority you give a task and what um, due date you give a task. And the beautiful thing about this is instead of you having a to-do list that's not assigned to anything, your tasks are already assigned to every date on your calendar. And so if you like that, it can be really, really effective. Here's why it failed for me. Um, One, I do not like opening my calendar and seeing a day full of stuff. I found it gives me a lot of anxiety. I love opening my calendar and going, oh, I have nothing... You know to do today, or I only have two calls, not nothing to do, but the rest of the time I can focus on what I think is important. The other thing that I ran into is if you take one of these tools, and there's some competitors too, uh, and just make an endless to do list, just like we've always done, it won't work for you because you'll constantly be going in and changing your due dates and your priorities, and that'll suck up all of your time. So, but hopefully that's helpful, Alyssa. That's what I've seen with these, but AI if anyone is avoiding AI altogether, I would definitely encourage you not to do that. It was, you know, if there was one summary from social media marketing world this year around AI, it's, hey, if you're not using AI in some way, then other people in your industry that are are going to leave you behind because there's no doubt that it's going to make you more efficient in time. Um, So do that. Don't be afraid of it. But then the other part is also don't let it, you know, distract you from the main things that are already making a big difference. You know, look for the tools that will, replace or speed up something you're already doing, not something that will help you do something you weren't doing before because it wasn't. (laughs) Like if it wasn't important enough to do without AI, it's probably not important enough to do now. So, all right. If you wanna take a deeper dive on anything we talked about in today's episode, go to the sixways.com slash 26. And by the way, word of mouth is the number one way we grow this show. So if you found anything helpful today, take a second, tell someone else who would benefit too because we all do better When we all do better. And also, thanks to everyone who shared the show in the last week. Now, next week, six ways local businesses can get more visibility on social media. And if you want to continue to improve your time management, Jenna has this great resource calming the calendar chaos. Five Strategies to Control Your Chaotic Calendar. And we'll link to that up in the show notes or the description. And uh, we also love hearing about when people binge our episodes after discovering the show. So if you enjoyed this one, two more listener favorites to check out. One, six ways to trick yourself into being more productive and uh, six ways to take more time off in your business without losing income. You can find those links as well in the episode notes wherever you're watching or listening. Remember, we all do better when we all do better. So keep helping each other out. And Jenna, thank you again for being on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me.